This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. That idea of leaving the light on, like, like, what if this? What if we got really clear that our job was to leave the light on? And it, and it's, I want to, I want to approach that idea, folks. I want to approach it from a way that has gravitas to it. You know, it has gravity to it. Because it's easy to look at something like leave the light on and, and again, handle it very superficially, very much two-dimensionally, very much a mile wide and an inch deep. But join me today. Let's go deep. Let's really talk about stuff. Let's get in a conversation. Let's hear some things. Let's talk about some things that, that pull us down into a deeper view of what it means to leave the light on. And the word I want to do, and again, it's connected in with Memorial Day, obviously, is the word sacrifice. It's interesting as a word because, because it's not a word we talk about a whole lot. I mean, when was the last time you told one of your teenage kids, it's time to sacrifice? Said no parent ever in 2019. And I have teenage kids. It's, it's a word that, that's hard to talk about because we don't live in a culture that, that fully understands it. We live in a culture that understands comfort, convenience. Uh, by the way, Thomas Merton, this famous, famous monk who died in the 60s, he said, what's the biggest challenge to all of faith? And you know what he said? He said one word, efficiency. Isn't that interesting? You know, if we try to be too efficient with our lives, we don't, we don't allow that sacrificial thing that can kind of pull us down into a deeper place of humanity. Now, sacrifice, again, I know we have some first-time people here and some people who weren't here last week. It's been very much on my mind. We have had a group of, of dads. It's called our dads group. We went down to Normandy a couple of weeks ago. Amazing experience. I'm going to be hitting on it in a few different ways today. And, and I saw a gravestone there as we were doing a little tour of a British cemetery. British cemeteries, unlike American they, they can actually, the family can inscribe something for their loved one that they lost in the campaign to free occupied France. And as we're walking around, I come to this, this stone and kneel down to take a look at it. Beautiful stone. And from mom and dad, it had this line. Sacrifice is love's final gift. And that line has been just ringing in my head. I talked about it last week. It's been ringing in my head because it just strikes me. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's love's final gift. And you sort of, I, I have this image of these parents and them being part of this, this thing, this giving over as well. That idea of love's final gift, that idea that sacrifice means to actually make something sacred. That's what the word means. It's, it's a loss that we willingly endure for a greater good. It's a loss that we willingly endure for a greater good. When you take that kind of thing and you walk back into your life with it, it has all kinds of different meanings. We can, we can start to see how it, how it is acted out in the world. We can see it again when we celebrate things like Memorial Day with pictures like this, pictures of the D-Day landing. Pretty amazing. And we can see it as well. And I just, I love this picture. I've used this picture before, but it's so poignant. This next picture of a mom. 
three babies. This is during the Great Depression. Can we see the sacrifice in that? Can we, can we see the, the depth there? And I think when we look at sacrifice, one of the, one of the challenges is, is I think we, we often come at it the wrong way. We, we may not really understand it. I, I know with sacrifice, it's, it's why maybe we don't use the word too much, is that it, it, it just doesn't have a great connotation. And how do we recapture a connotation that actually is more holy and more about what the world is actually asking of us? And folks, we live in a time where I think we're called to a different, newer form of sacrifice, of giving over something. That's where we're going with this service. Now, one of the problems is, is it starts out with a problem like, I don't know that we're necessarily clear on, on what is it that God is asking us to sacrifice. So I want to share with you a story about that where somebody got the idea totally wrong and God corrected them. And that's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of, of a test that took place in the world and, and it's a test for, for Abraham. And, and it's a test where, where, and it's just like, this is the parts of the Bible where you need to like dig deeper at it. It's, it's a part where Abraham has his son and God tells him like, oh, I need you to sacrifice your son. Now, that makes no sense. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. New church, how our particular Christian perspective holds that is, is we see these things poetically, like that there's a deeper truth there. And one of the deeper truths is that sometimes there's an appearance of something that's not the reality of something. There's an appearance that God would ask such a thing. The reality is God would never ask such a thing. I think some people can function under an appearance of God as angry, vindictive, asking for that kind of sacrifice, but that's not how God works. So the story goes on to this other beautiful part, and I love this part of the story. When we look at what is it the sacrifice God asks of us, and then we read through, it gets to this part. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. Caught in a thicket, caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering. So we got two different perspectives there. And I think, again, that's designed to kind of pull us into a deeper view of what sacrifice is. It's not this sacrifice of, of, you know, like that was originally there, which is just so horrible. You can't even imagine it. It's a sacrifice, and when we look at that poetically, we look at that underneath the actual letter that it says there. It's talking about a ram. It's talking about a beautiful spiritual part of us that's stuck, that's caught Caught by the horns, wrapped in a thicket. And it's, it's not about taking that so you can have a burnt offering to somehow assuage God. It's God saying, look, I need you to offer that part, that spiritual part of your life, that beautiful part of your life. I need you to please learn to offer that up. To sacrifice that. But it's an offering up. It's not this transactional, like, I'm doing this so God likes me. It's this beautiful, incredibly poignant offering. That part, folks, like, like there's a part of you that wants to be free that way. There's a part of you that has that spiritual part, that beautiful spiritual part that's just caught and it's stuck. 
And here's God saying, look, I need you to offer. I need you to figure out a way to offer that up. To do something with it. To move it forward into the world. A world that desperately needs it. And I think there's also a second problem. And I love this little picture. I don't think we necessarily understand or are willing to embrace all that easily, at least I can speak for myself, the idea of loss. You know, that sacrifice does entail loss. We don't like to talk about that necessarily in our culture. And, and, and we have to be able to understand and articulate the idea of a, of a loss. But at the same time, it's, it's understanding and articulating a loss but it's also understanding the vision. Loss and vision. Can we say those three words together? Loss and vision. I feel I am always in a rush. Right? How many of us always feel in a rush? Like a bunch of us, right? I feel like I'm always in a rush, and I'm always in a rush to make it okay. But that's not going to pull me to a sacrifice. That's actually going to pull me away from those places where maybe I could leave the light on, where maybe I could, I, I could engage in something deeper and richer and, and serve in new ways if I'm always in a rush to make it all okay. But maybe we can look at sacrifice today and we can candidly acknowledge that, that we're being called to sacrifice. It's, it's being called to take on a willing loss. And at the same time, it's been called to a vision. Now you take those two things together. Loss and vision. That, that willingness to like, yeah, this is a willing loss I'm willing to do. And you hold on to a vision. And maybe you just barely hold on to it. Maybe it's just like, just by the skin of your teeth, you're holding on to it. And can I tell you, my friends, what happens? Incredible things. Courageous things. Things, again, to go back to our picture. Things like this. And the next picture. Things like this. Just, just look at that picture, right? This picture was taken from a mom who's traveling from Oklahoma to California. Grapes of Wrath, literally that's the book Grapes of Wrath by Jonathan Steinbeck is written about this kind of thing. Is that a mom who understands loss, yes or no? Yes. Folks, does she understand vision a little bit as well? Yes. See, and, and I ask you to think of this. If, if we just look at these pictures and, and we just hold it sort of with the triumphalism, is just seeing the victories. I think we do history a disservice because we don't really get the, the, the gravitas that, yes, these people were dealing with loss and, yes, they were dealing with vision. And we need to, we need to get that too because if we just deal with triumphalism, it's, it's, I know this is horrible to say, it's too easy. <laughs> it's just it's slick. It's, it's too easy. It's not actually calling us to anything. And that's what we want to do, is we want to find that call. When we do, amazing things start to happen. Now, I know none of you can see this picture, 
I want to say that up front, but I'm just going to hold it up because this picture means a lot to me. This is when we were in Normandy and a group of us are sitting at a restaurant and, uh, you know, we're talking about the day. And it was, it was just a powerful meal. And then there's this other British couple over across the way. One of the guys' name was Nigel. Is that British or what? Like, you can't make that up. And, and they came over and they were talking to us and, and they had had, his father had, uh, his father had landed on the beach where we were staying. And what he, what he talked about, he wanted to share with our table. What he talked about was the idea of like, you don't make these trips. And I'm not just talking Normandy. I'm talking trips in our lives. You don't just make it to be a tourist. You make it as a pilgrimage. You make it as a pilgrimage. To understand something that maybe you couldn't understand any other way. I think that's the part of sacrifice, folks, that that I, that I want to just ask us to think about embracing. As the band comes out, as the band comes out, I want us to think about, like, what does sacrifice look like? Individually, like, what does it look like in your life? What is love's final gift for you? Where are you feeling called to give of that something? What does that look like? What, what, if, what if our lives, like, like so much of our lives, hours of our lives now are spent browsing? What if we did more than browsing? What if we actually dug a little deeper into this idea of sacrifice? Learning to surrender to something bigger. Learning to let go and let something bigger be. So, so yeah, that, that idea of, of sacrifice, right? And I really do, yeah, I just want us to think about it, right? Let's like, just think about it. Let's think about that word. And let's, let's think about what is love's final gift. And let's think about what it means to actually give something that's actually ready for this, where you're going to have to embrace inconvenience. Where we're all going to have to embrace inconvenience. To do it. Because it's the vision. Vision sometimes has to wait, but it's still always the vision. When we look at it, folks, another line that talks so beautifully about sacrifice comes from Jesus, and it's, this is much later on in the Bible. It's a, whoa. whoa. When it, yeah, I just keep on laughing. Eventually, we will have the viral YouTube video of Pastor Chuck falling down on stage at some, at some point in time. You know, that idea of, of sacrifice, and, and, and Jesus does a beautiful way of tying in here the idea of sacrifice and joy. Listen to this line. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this than that they lay down their life for their friends. You are my friends. That line is amazing to me. When you look kind of juxtaposing it, you have, you have this idea, and, and here's Jesus talking again about like joy, and it's, and it's like fullness of joy, and we have to put ourselves in the story. Like we have to step into the story. 
It's not just him saying in a very light way, oh, you'll be happy. He's saying, you're going to understand joy. You're going to understand the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. And then he steps into a different place, and he says, and part of this joy, like connected, will be this, will be this friendship. And then he talks about the idea, and it's, 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 it's an amazing concept because I think we know it, but, but can we live it on many planes? I mean, that's the question. In the concept, this line, greater love is no one than this and that they lay down their life for their friend. It's like the juxtaposition is fascinating. Fullness of joy, learning to literally lay down our lives. Do you see the sacrifice in there? <laughs> Do you see the idea of, of loss and vision? Do you see the idea of, again, to go back to the story from Abraham, of, of, of something being offered up, a spiritual part that God is asking us to offer up? It's easy, again, to, to look at this and to, and to think we will always be called into the heroic. You know, uh, saving a child from a burning building, uh, you know, big heroic stuff, that kind of laying down your life, which, which maybe some of us, maybe some of us will be called to do maybe once or twice in our lives. Maybe. What I would urge you, my friends, to think about is that I think this call is a call we face every day. Not just for the heroic times. But I think God is constantly calling us into the mundane times. How do we sacrifice there, sacrifice our lives literally for our loved ones? Yesterday, NCAA lacrosse tournament, which I realize means nothing to a lot of you. I love it. And my wife says, honey, let's go to Morris Arboretum and look at flowers. I don't love flowers. But you know who I love? My wife. So that's a laying down of our life in a small, mundane way. I look at another couple who's getting married this afternoon, and with a smile we were talking about the, the things that they had learned through the, through the counseling process. And, and they said they learned to leave each other alone because, and I'm sure a lot of you will giggle because a lot of you are probably in relationships with a significant other or with a child that's very much like this. When there's a lot to get done, she is like, we're getting the list and we're going through. When there's a lot to get done, he's like, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> right? That dynamic all the time, where they're learning to lay down their life for each other, to see where the other person is coming from. And folks, obviously, we're asked to do that in big ways as well. Like, really, what does it look like to lay down your life at that moment? Famous study was done, and it was it was done where they had a they had a group of seminary students, and they released them from class, and they had them go to different parts of the campus, and they had different people set up around the campus who were feigning heart attacks. But the people, the, the, these these seminary students, knew they had X amount of time to get to their next class. Did most of them stop? Yes or no? No, most of them didn't. Like, it's, it's that idea of how do we actually learn to lay down our lives in very deep ways. I think a part of a trick of that, folks, is, is to learn, and please listen to this line, 
to learn to sacrifice our, of ourselves, but to do so from a place of peace. From a place of peace. Where we are still and still moving. We are still and still moving. Here's a little piece of new church for you. Eternal rest keeps the garbage at bay so that we can come alive. And, and there's, there's like, like the road into that then becomes the highway out of it. That stillness and then still moving out there into the world. That's, that's where the power is. And then we get this where we have, next slide, we have peace enough. Peace enough to care for others. Where we're at peace enough to care for others. I think, folks, as we go and we close on this Memorial Day, continue to think about what, what does it mean to really understand loss and really embrace vision? To really be able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give up my life for my friend in this regard. In small ways and in big and then we come to a different place, a different way to understand what God is asking. And this, this, this next slide, I think, is so important. If you, if you have a phone, if you have your phone out, I'd ask you to take a picture of it. Because I think this gets down to the very nature of what we're being asked. And that's this. What is the sacrifice God asks of us? It comes down to these two things. A question. Stop a Stop obsessing over how am I coming across. Start asking what is required of us here now. Stop obsessing over how we look. Start thinking about what is being asked of us here now. I mean, come to the situations in our life and do that. I want to step over here just for a second. This question, what is required of us here now, you know, this is a gravitas question. And, you know, as I was planning this morning and I, I, you know, trying to think through it, and again, as with so much stuff, I don't have great language around it. But I think this is something that as we go into the 10-year, we need to think about as a church. We need to think about, like, what is required of us here now? It's wonderful, and, and we, we so much enjoy each other's company and the, the fun parts of church, and those are all so important. Again, we have a bouncy house next week. Is that good or what? That's really important. God is big on celebration and fullness of joy. And let's always remember that and do it and lean into that and, and think about that celebration and that joy. Let's do that and do that well. Let's celebrate well. And folks, friends, brothers, sisters, let's ask the question. Let's ask the question. What's required of us here now? Because I think what God wants is I think he wants us to celebrate and have joy. Notice that comes first. And then to pull that in and actually take it into these hard places with a heart that is at peace. And that in some way, with deep gravitas, carries joy as well as we live into what is required of us here and now. 
I've said this a number of times. Like, I don't know institutions better than good churches, synagogues, mosques, nonprofits to do that, to, to bring people together. I don't, I don't know better institutions that way than the kind of things we're trying to do and we're trying to do with other faiths in doing. So as we move forward, as you move forward into this week, keep on asking this question. What's required right now? Don't go for the convenient answer, the efficient answer, the comfortable answer, or the simple answer. Go for the one that you know matters. Go for the answer that's willing to embrace loss. Go for the answer that's willing to take on a new vision. Go for the answer that, my dear friends, I promise you, in the long run, is going to bring you this, the fullness of joy. Amen. We're now going to close today's service with a prayer. I'm going to offer a prayer, and then you have an opportunity to say the Lord's Prayer. As you know it, offer your own prayer to have just a moment of quiet reflection. So please join me as we get ready for our last song. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us this Memorial Day to understand sacrifice in greater and greater ways. To understand what we're being called to. To ask the question, what is required of us here? What is required of us now? Lord, and and that may not have always easy answers, but Lord, as is so often said, let us live. Let us live that question. Let us live that question, Lord, because maybe in some way it's the question that brings us to who we actually are and the question maybe that just brings us home. That brings us home. Brings us home to you. Home to offer our part of the light. Home with each other. Home with those struggling. Home to a life of meaning, gravitas, vision. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Help us again to move our lives forward just one step at a time. Progress, not perfection. All done with a smile. All done in your name. All done with joy. Today, Lord, we close this service in your name with prayer. Thank you. Be with us. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 